Good afternoon, good world, wherever you might be. This is another edition of This is NNOA, presenting news, views, and perspectives of the National Naval Officers Association. I'm your host, Captain Rick Wright, historian for the National Naval Officer Association. And of course, we are into the second week of a brand new year, 2021. And of course, today is the 16th of January. And of course, we are celebrating the birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., an incredible leader in our country. And by the way, everybody, this coming, I think, let's see, the 21st of January, 2021, Admiral Sinclair Harris, the president of the National Naval Officers Association, will be giving a keynote speech in remembrance of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., NADSEC. I think it's NADC, yes. Coming up this January the 21st at uh, 10 a.m. And of course, we'll get information about in the theme for the event was where do we go from here? So the keynote speaker will be Rear Admiral Sinclair Harris, president of the National Naval Officer Association. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're also coming up with an inauguration of a new president this week also coming up where Syracuse University alum and the University of Delaware alum, President-elect Joseph Biden will be sworn in as the next president, 46th of the United States of America. And also I know the Divine Nine and the sisters of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority are really in heaven. I mean, because one of their dear sisters will be, uh, will take the big oath as the vice president of the United States of America, Kamala Harris, big graduate of Howard University. Well, today's edition of this is NNOA. We're going to head out to the west coast of the United States of America and head out to our master jet base of the west coast of the Pacific Fleet, Naval Air Station, Lomor, California. And let's see what's happening in the world of health. You know, we got to be healthy, of course, to serve within the fleet. And all you incredible brothers and sisters of the United States Navy, United States Marine Corps, United States Coast Guard, Public Health Service, and the Oceanographic Administration. It is indeed a pleasure today to have on our podcast none other than Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, United States Navy, and she is in the Nurse Corps. And hey, Lieutenant Commander Hopkins, how are you doing today? Good morning, sir. I am happy to be here. So I think that California there, we're broadcasting live from upstate New York, Marcellus, New York, in the suburbs of Syracuse, New York. And of course, uh, you are now located where? Naval Air Station, Lamar, California. Yes, sir. Central Valley, California. Well, before we get into that aspect of you, I heard that you were an army brat. So you kind of grew up in the military, right? Where were you born? Where are you from? Give us a little of your background. Alrighty, yes, sir. I was born in uh, at William Beaumont Army Medical in El Paso, Texas, and I am an Army brat. Um, we moved around quite a bit in my younger years. Uh, I had the pleasure of being on on base at Fort Benning. I'm also overseas in Germany for for a tour there with my mother, um, and then she was subsequently medically discharged. So, so you grew up. Hey, you said you were born in El Paso, Texas. Yes, sir. Wow. I'm also former Army also. I went through uh, advanced missile electronics course 
at Fort Bliss back in the oh. 1960s. Oh, William Beaumont Hospital. I had a dear <laughs> army friend nurse who was a graduate of Grambling University who was a nurse at William Beaumont Hospital there in El Paso, Texas. Small world, small world. Oh, this is a small, <laughs> small world. All righty, so you were born in El Paso, Texas, the Franklin Mountains, Juarez, Costa <laughs> Rio Grande, to let you know that Captain Wright knows about that world. And of course, <laughs> uh, when I had finished uh, graduate school at North Carolina Central University at Durham, I ended up uh, getting drafted in the Army. And of course, uh, ended up uh, going into the Hawk missile units and went eventually to Germany myself. Well, nice. now, uh, let's kind of give this uh, timeline and kaleidoscope of this incredible naval career that you have put together here in the United States Navy. So you're born in El Paso, Texas. And you, when did you finish high school? Did you finish high school in one of our Army schools? No, sir. So my mom was a medically retired when I was still pretty young. So we ended up settling in um, an area outside of Atlanta called Decatur, Georgia. Um, I went to high school there, a few different high schools, but I ended up graduating from Columbia High School in Decatur, Georgia. Um, there I was in the NROTC. And from that program, uh, my instructors assisted me in getting an NROTC scholarship to attend Florida A&M University. Oh, so you're a rattler, huh? Me a rattler. Yeah, yeah, man. Tallahassee. So there's my journey. At great HBCU. Now, what yes, are you majoring at uh, Florida A&M University? I was a nursing major all four years. So. Oh, so uh, so you were, you, you how, how did you fall in love with nursing and going into the health field? In high school? So interesting, my mother was a medic in the Army, so equivalent to the Navy corpsman. Uh, she was a medic, so that was my pretty much my first taste of, of military medicine. And then from there, just my interest peaked. I initially wanted to be a doctor, but, you know, just kind of getting that exposure that as you, you know, many are aware, the nurses are the ones that actually take care of the patients. And so um, being able to see the difference between what a, what a doctor does and what a nurse does, I, I kind of veer to more towards nursing. So we have a parallel career going. Mom was a nurse in the yes. United States Army. And boy, she was an incredible mentor for you is what we're looking at here, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She was a rock star in what she did as well. Um, like I said, she was a she was a medic. She was again medically retired, but she um, she was great at what she did. So it was that was definitely a great starting point for me to see her doing her thing in the army. Boy, God works in mysterious ways. I got another parallel story to give you right now. My aunt, uh, my father's sister, Captain Edna Virginia Wright. Uh, she's a graduate of Elizabeth City State University. Then she went to the Medical College of Virginia, St. Philip's School, graduated in 1941, right when World War II was starting. And my aunt, Captain Edna Virginia Wright, few, was one of the first African-American Army nurses in the Army wow. Nurse Corps. Yeah. Wow. And of course, she went in, and of course, as a kid growing up, she was always telling, in fact, after she... Uh, finished St. Phillips, got her commission as a second lieutenant in the Army. Uh, she only spent all of her duty was at one, one station. In fact, I didn't really know what to do with the African-American nurses in mm -hmm. 1941, the beginning of World War II. And she spent her whole tour at Fort Bragg at Fedville, North Carolina. So a uh, little parallelization for you. And wow, as I learned your history, this is absolutely fascinating. Now, while you were kidding, tell us about that Florida A&M nursing experience and also being a member of the Florida A&M University Naval 
ROTC program. Yes, sir. Um, FAMU, in my opinion, has one of the um, best nursing schools, you know, very, very, very rigorous and good program. So um, being a student there as an ROTC member and trying to juggle um, your nursing requirements was difficult, um, but we had a lot of resources at our hands. Um, as, as an ROTC member, you know, we had to wear a uniform twice a week. We had to do PT in the mornings, and then you had to transition over to your nursing classes, and sometime your classes weren't over until 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So lots, lots, and lots of long days and, you know, struggling, <laughs> struggling to stay awake in class yeah. and cramping tests. <laughs> hey, did you have a chance to check out the uh, little bit of the social activity, like those uh, big Florida A&M games? And football and that marching band that hits the field at halftime. You get a chance to see at least a little bit of that while you were at Florida A&M University. Oh, yes, sir. The, the set, I'm sure you've heard of that. Many activities going on on the set. Definitely yeah. classics, the Atlanta classic, the Orlando classic, and definitely homecoming is always a big to do. Boy, an HBCU is a real place to be. Are you a member yes. of sorority or you were too busy <laughs> with the Navy? No, sir, but I am an Eastern star. Oh, Eastern Star, outstanding. Yes. Now, I had a, in fact, um, a great um, president of the National Naval Officer Association was Captain Leon Gilcrest, who was CO at one time of the Naval and ROTC program at Florida A&M University. That was a long, I think before you were born, but he was a very dear <laughs> friend and we worked together on the NNOA board back in the 1980s. And of course he has a grandson, uh, Lieutenant J.G. J. Gilcrest, who's now flying the P-8 Poseidon Jets, up wow. in uh, I think he's up in um, up in up in Washington. I got to find him. He's going to be on this is NNOA, an up and coming edition in a few weeks from now. Now, all right, let's get into this Navy career. Now, when you get your baccalaureate degree from Florida A and M University, you get commissioned through the Naval NROTC program. You're majoring in, in in nursing and the medical field. Uh, what happens next? Yes, sir. So, um, of course, you have to pass the NCLEX, but my first duty station was at Naval Medical Center San Diego, also known as Balboa. So um, definitely, I remember walking in, just looking around and feeling just in, in, in awe. Um, one of the things you'll hear in, in the nursing community is bloom where you're planted. So um, going into there, you know, just, just trying to, one, become a Naval officer because you have a lot to learn, and then, of course, get get uh, your, your craft as a nurse fine-tuned. Um, so I started out my career at Balboa. I went to mental health uh, on the inpatient and then I subsequently went to the outpatient portion. Um, so not, nothing you know glorious or anything like that, but started out there in mental health. But you are a brand new ensign in the United States Navy and Nurse Corps. And of course, yes. my God, your first duty station, San Diego, California. So you <laughs> head out from Florida, and take that yeah. trip all the way across the United States of America, the Lindbergh Field, and you find them at Bellboy. That's a, one of the Navy's top naval hospitals, too. Now, you said you were in the area of mental health. What is your area of specialty right now, Commander Hopkins? Yes, sir. I actually specialize in mental health at that time. Um, right now, I am a certified nurse executive. So um, just having the, the way that my career has taken, I've, I've done a lot of administrative roles. So currently, I am the director for healthcare business. Okay. Annette Lamore. Well, let's get back down to San Diego. So how many of you, when you spent a two-year tour at San Diego at Belbor Naval Hospital? I, I was there for four and a half years at San Diego. Wow. We're talking about a recruiting. <laughs> 
got this <laughs> afternoon to all you wonderful young ladies and young men who want to be in the nurse and the medical health field, the United States Navy. Look what happens. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Hopkins finishes Florida A&M University as she goes out to paradise, Southern California, and spends close to four years at Belvoir. And of course, at doing that time, you had time to reach another rank too, didn't you? Yes, sir. So while I was there, um, again, I did my time on the inpatient ward. And then, of course, um, I reached the rank of, of lieutenant. Um, during that time, I also had my son, my first child. And then I, from, from Balboa, I went to Camp Pendleton. So I was still in San Diego. Again, can't complain. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So we just can't get you out of California. So then you were four years at uh, San Diego at Belvoir Naval Hospital, which is one of our top hospitals in the United States Navy. And of yes. course, uh, it's time to uh, complete your duties day and the detailer sends you where? To Camp Pendleton. Right up the road, yes, sir. Oh, you didn't even have to unpack, did you? <laughs> not, a, not at all. Um, so while at Camp Pendleton, I actually had the opportunity to see the transition from the old hospital, um, as, the, as they call it, to the new hospital. So um, the one that was that's closer to the gate. So they were building a new facility too, also. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, while at Camp Pendleton, um, did you, um, as a, did you look at the, that whole environment, that you work with another group of sea uh, service types, right? Yes, sir. The Marines. Okay, that's the point I wanted to make. So we leave a naval. Did you any any big? What kind of differences did you find between Balvor and, of course, right up the road to working with the United States Marine Corps, our sister sister sea services of the United States Navy and the Coast Guard? Uh, I, why was the environment different for you, or uh, just a keep on big time superstar <laughs> learning curve or something new, Commander Hopkins? Um, it really wasn't different because Balboa, we, we dealt with a lot of the Marines from, and the recruits from, um, from MCRD. So we're still pre pretty familiar with serving the Marines. Um, I think the biggest transition was, was moving from the old facility to the new facility. Um, and then at that time, um, so while I was at Balboa, I worked in mental health the entire time. So what was new for me was just transitioning from, um, although inpatient, transitioning from kind of a, just a different um, inpatient status. So I went to serve on as a medical service surgical nurse on the medical surgical uh, multi-service ward there. Well, you see some real trauma too in that experience too. Of course, one of the key things is keeping people healthy. In fact, when we get ready to go into the military, the very first thing that happens to anybody, young recruit or going into mm -hmm. the enlisted side or the officer side is a medical examination. <laughs> yes, sir. You're physically fit. And of course, in this day and time, we are dealing here in the year 2021 with a pandemic all over the world right now. And of course, uh, things are, in California, we got a little bit of high intensity area. And in is it in your part of the world too, or that Southern California with COVID-19 problems right now? No, it's the entire state. We're all feeling, feeling the impacts of this pandemic for sure. And we'll talk more about that before I let you go today. But this is NNOA. Our guest today is Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, United States Navy Nurse Corps. And she has had blazed an incredible trail in the world of medicine and keeping our great sailors of the Navy, Marine Corps, and even I'm sure you got some Coast Guardsmen too that she's saved in this world of keeping them healthy to serve our country. Now, Camp Pendleton. How many years were you at Camp Pendleton there? I was there for three years. Oh, so four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Checking out my mathematics after you <laughs> left the campus of Florida, AM University in Florida. And wow, we just can't get you out of California, can we? Now, no, sir. 
Okay, uh, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, and also to all our young junior officers out there looking at the medical arena of the United States Navy and our sea services, check out her next duty station. Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, we couldn't get you on the East Coast, right? <laughs> That's right. Did you request the next set of the next duty? Uh, the, the no, I, I will have to say God is good. So I went from one horrible duty station to the next. So from California, I went to Hawaii. Oh, wow. Hayes <laughs> <laughs> Gray and underway. Oh, wow. What a story this afternoon for our This Is In and Away podcast. Now you leave Camp Pendleton and you head out to Hawaii. And uh, when you get to Hawaii, tell us about that, that great experience in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in paradise. Commander? Yes, sir. That was actually a really great experience. Um, so we had the opportunity on, on the island, you have all of the services, Coast Guard, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, um, and Air Force. So that was a great experience and just kind of be able to dip my toe in kind of the joint medical services area. Um, while I personally didn't, didn't get to do a lot of work with the other sister services, one thing that you get exposed to are the big fleet ex exercises such as RIMPAC. I mean, those, those are things that not everyone gets, gets an opportunity to be exposed to or experience in their career. So I really, really enjoyed my time in Hawaii and had a lot of great opportunities there. You had a lot of great opportunities, huh? Hey, yes, uh, let me, uh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm checking in from Fact Hour. Production today is produced and directed by Roosevelt Ruben Wright III, and we are again broadcasting from Marcellus, New York, in the suburbs of Syracuse on the 16th of January, the year 2021. And I'm bringing that kind of a story on the table because we got snow on the ground here in upstate New York, Commander Hopkins, and you're talking about Hawaii. <laughs> Now, look, okay, now, I, let me check this out now. Okay, I'm flying from upstate New York, and I land in Hawaii. When I get off the plane, what was the temperature? What can I expect this afternoon if I were showing up in Hawaii? Always sunny weather, sandals, flip-flops, your sundresses. It's probably 70, 75 degrees there right now. Beautiful, beautiful and sunny, and, and everyone's laying on the beach. <laughs> oh, now, what was a typical day like for you in Hawaii, the hospital there in uh, sunny paradise? Are you uh, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week on call, or what time did you get up? What, uh, give us a little feel of the, uh, the duty station operational timeline in yes, Hawaii. Sir. So um, a lot of people had probably had the, um, the idea that, oh, you know, you don't work hard in Hawaii, but we were a clinic. So our clinic had six outlying um, clinics around the, around the island, um, one all the way on the other end of the island in Wamanalo. So we were pretty busy. We got up, your, your day started early. So definitely clinic started at 730. Again, I was in an administrative role, um, but we, we work pretty hard. So you, you get up early. Um, Another big thing that the clinic did was joint exercises. So we had a mass cast exercises. So we, we definitely, we definitely worked. But I tell you, every time I think about Pearl, I think about uh, Hawaii and Pearl Harbor. In fact, uh, every time I see any of the movies or any of the films or whatever, with regards to Pearl Harbor, I know that that last movie on Pearl Harbor, they, they did a uh, major feature motion picture. There's an incredible scene when we, we, whole islands were attacked by the Japanese naval forces on <laughs> December 7, 1941, and how all the, the nurses in that particular movie, they were out enjoying paradise, and they go from <laughs> really paradise to just horror, and it was mm -hmm. horrific seeing all of these sailors being brought to the hospital and how they were, you know, putting all kinds of uh, 
techniques together to save lives and all just an absolute horrendous scenario and of course that's one of the things that you're being trained to get ready for and thank god you haven't had to go through that experience by the way uh, you mentioned hawaii and all and of course uh dory miller first african-american hero in fact really the first naval hero of world war ii pearl harbor and of course on board the uss west virginia a great story of african-american courage that we like to talk about every time we meet someone who has been stationed in Hawaii. And of course, we got a new naval uh, aircraft carrier. It will be named the USS Doris Dory Miller, coming down the waves in up and coming years. Now, Lieutenant Commander Hopkins, uh, your Navy career and timeline, are you happy with uh, your success at this moment of being in Hawaii? Uh, you said, is it, are you going back, thinking back to your Florida A&M days? Uh, majoring in medicine and NROTC. Uh, is your career like on schedule? Are you happy? Yes, yes, sir. So um, again, as you notice, the duty stations I can't complain about. So get to Hawaii, um, had the opportunity to serve as a clinic manager there in the physical therapy um, department. And then I transitioned actually to where, where I'm at now and what I really am enjoying is healthcare business. So I left that and started becoming the department head for our healthcare business uh, where I oversaw referral management, utilization management, case management, and our population health. Um, so that was really where I, I felt like I was kind of in my niche. And um, I did that for the rest of my time there. So um, really enjoyed that. And like I said, kept myself busy. I took a few classes in, in while I was there as well. Um, so I definitely at this point, um, I am very happy and I had the opportunity uh, to be selected as Lieutenant Commander while I was in Hawaii. So it was definitely a great tour for me. So you really, uh, you, you've really fallen in love with the administrative side yes, of, sir. Of, of our health uh, mission with regards to making sure all the paperwork and all the places are running, the budget is right, we got the money and the mission and all the objectives that we're trying to achieve. You're the person to make it happen from that standpoint. Well, yes. how many years did you spend in lovely Hawaii, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins? I was there three years, so I had a great three years there. Now, well, you know, of course, we have tour of changes after every four or three years, and you're in the wonderful medical corps. Uh, were you ready to leave Hawaii, the rock? You didn't get rock fever, did you? You ready to <laughs> believe, believe it or not, by the time the end of the tour came, I was ready to go. Uh, oh, you were ready to leave. Okay. <laughs> now, all right. So you leave lovely Hawaii, and we take that trip going back east. Well, I can't get you to the I can't get you to the East Coast. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, you finished Florida A&M University. So you leave Hawaii and you end up where? Central Valley, California, Lemoore. And a lot of people say, where is that? <laughs> if you're not in the Navy, you probably have never heard of it. Well, tell us about Lemoore Naval Air Station, where you are based at right now. Lemoore is really the master jet base for the United States Navy and Naval Aviation for the West Coast, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, how big is the base? It's actually, it's pretty big. I couldn't give you a, a size number, but um, it's pretty big. We have main side and then there, there's the operational side where all of the, the flight line is and all the CAGs are over, are over on that side. So pretty big base. So basically all the squadrons and everybody out there's got to have health care. And yes. you are the person uh, basically in that area of leadership, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We make sure that we service, of course, our beneficiaries, but our number one priority are all of, all of our, those, all those in active duty. So, yes, sir. 
So everything I need. Now, um, let me kind of divert a little bit to our situation that we do have today mm -hmm. in the reality of uh, COVID-19. Uh, what kind of, uh, what, what's the scenario at, within the Navy and Naval SD Lemoore, you know, in the healthcare area, how are we keeping our people well and healthy out there in Lemoore? Uh, Lieutenant Commander Hopkins. Yes, sir. So at the beginning, we actually, it was, of course, a shock to the system worldwide. Of course, it's a global pandemic. So um, we, we're just continuing to adjust and, and readjust as we need to. So I can tell you when, when the pandemic first hit off, we actually had to stand up um, screening tents at both our clinic and also at the front gate. Um, since then, as, as things have kind of continued to evolve, um, we are actually continuing to run what we call a URI clinic outside. That way we can make sure that those, first of all, we're scaling back operations. So if you don't really need to be seen or if, it, if it's something that's not urgent or emergent, we're asking, you know, those appointments to be held off or doing so virtually. Um, anyone coming into the clinic is screened. And then, of course, we have a screening tent outside. So if you are coming through and you're exhibiting what we, what we call COVID-19 symptoms, we're having you we're diverting you to that clinic. Um, that way we're maintaining the integrity and the safety of not only the staff, but the patients that, are, that we're taking care of. Um, also, of course, like you said, we're trained to, to, to be ready to respond. And so a lot of our staff, as a matter of fact, we just received um, some, some information that taskers may coming down the line. You know, I, I was one of them that were put on standby for several months to act to respond to the pandemic and provide support to the EMFs, so. We are definitely burning and turning. We are busy. Well, you're really right? busy. I mean, this is a real incredible scenario with the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, a year ago this time, we only had five cases here in the United States of America. But with our great leadership and your leadership, we're going to get this thing solved and keep everybody healthy and get our country on target here. Now, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins. By the way, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, you got a famous name. <laughs> yes, sir. Your name is famous. And in fact, uh, for all the folk, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, an incredible sister, educator, and journalist named Juanita Hopkins was one of the leaders in desegregation techniques and getting things segregated in the African-American ancestry in that city called Tulsa, Oklahoma, where back in the 1920s, they bombed a whole town and our people just had a horrific scenario to happen to us there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I saw your name, I said, my God, I wonder is Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins named after Juanita Hopkins of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But I just uh, love that name and it's fantastic having you this afternoon on This Is NNOA. Now, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, what does the National Naval Officers Association, what does that mean to you? It actually, it, it, it was one of the first times in my career, actually, where I was exposed to one to a lot of other officers that look like me, um, both as far as seeing others, other um, officers of color, but also all the other female officers paving ways, as, as you said, and just being below trailblazers in their respective fields. I'll never forget the um, NNOA conference I attended in 2010. Um, it really just opened my eyes to, to what more the military had to offer and made me more passionate as well about uh, making sure that as I climb the ranks, I'm helping to develop other officers such as myself. So um, um, NNOA is a, is a tremendous organization and I'm really blessed to have, um, to have it a part of my life and continue to be a part of it. I love NNOA. Well, I tell you, I've enjoyed in all the NNOA conferences and working with NNOA and also having the chance to meet all of the members of the medical community. In fact, I had uh, Captain 
Isan O'Simon. Uh, he's for the Public Health Service. He's head of the whole medical director of the United States Coast Guard Academy on a previous edition of NNOA. This is NNOA. And of course, uh, have one, many more people from the medical community will be coming up also in uh, future NNOA podcast episodes. Now, Commander, you got any shout outs this afternoon? You want to shout out to uh, the fleet this afternoon or? Yes, sir. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Nicole Cuthbertson, Captain Jessica Beer, Captain Tracy Isaac. Okay. Alrighty. Fantastic. Now, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, Naval Air Station Lemoore, California, our incredible sister who's providing medical leadership for one of our major naval bases. Now, how long you been at Lemoore in there? Is it time to uh, make a, 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 is it time for another adventure? Can we get yes. you, can we get you to the East Coast yet? Uh, is that in the in your in your timeline pleasure plannings, uh, Lieutenant Commander Hopkins? It, it looks like I'm still stuck in Cali for for another few years at least. I just um, received um, the opportunity to attend Duan, so I'll be heading from here right around May or June timeframe to go to Monterey at the Naval Postgraduate School. Oh, so there's time to work on the master's degree. Are you going to do a master's or a PhD at, you know, at the Naval Postgraduate School, Lieutenant Commander it's, Hopkins? It's a master's. I'm going for the manpower program. Oh, the manpower program. Okay. And get your master's degree. Okay. Hey, this career of yours is fantastic. I know when I first am looking at the list and having all my different wonderful guests on This Is NNOA, our weekly podcast of news, views, and perspectives of what's happening in the fleet, I said, wow. This is an incredible story. She spent all of her time in beautiful areas of paradise. Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, before I let you go this afternoon on this wonderful day in January as we celebrate the birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. To some young sister or brother who is in high school today who's looking at a career in the world of medicine and coming into the into the fleet or getting ready to go to college or looking for a scholarship in our NROTC programs, what kind of message do you have of encouragement can you give them this afternoon? Um, I would tell them if it's something they want, go for it. Don't let anything or anyone stand in their way and tell them um, that they can't do it. There is always a way. I, it's, and, and it doesn't matter what your background is. I come from a single parent home um, and didn't have a college fund. And, um, you know, there, there is always a way and there's always opportunities. So continue to seek out those opportunities and utilize those mentors. Well, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, our big head uh, medical leadership of uh, wonderful opportunities at the Naval Air Station Lamore, California, has been our guest today on this edition of This is NNOA. And uh, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, Thank you so much for being our guest this afternoon. You got to go back to duty this afternoon or are you going to have the day off in California? Off. <laughs> you got the day off, huh? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Already. Hey, give me, and you see your you mother of, what is that, boy or young lady in your life? Actually, one boy and one girl. My son is nine and my daughter seven. Okay. Well, tell them Uncle Captain Rick Wright of NNOA. <laughs> host of uh, the NNOA podcast said hello to them. Now get to meet him one day when I get out on the West Coast. <laughs> well, I will do. Okay, Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, United States Navy Nurse Corps, and she's the head administrator at Naval Air Station Lamore, California, has been our guest on this edition of This is NNOA, produced and directed by Roosevelt 
Ruben Wright III. And of course, we'll check you out next week with another big, incredible guest on This Is NNOA. Lieutenant Commander Juanita Hopkins, bravo, Zulu to you. Have a great weekend and take care and be safe. Thank you.